Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, it is that time of the week where our podcast supported, sponsored by realestate.com.au. Thank you and guys. Yay, REA. REA. <laughs> it's, hey. it's that time of the year too, okay? Like end of financial year as we speak. End of financial is, is, year. Is upon us, which I always find, Tommy, is a great trigger point to kind of assess. I think, you know, 31 December is a great trigger point, end of calendar year and end of financial year because in the world in the business circles of course you've got 12 months of your business behind you and a very important more important 12 months ahead and what have you learned so you know i hope as we spoke to our mda boot camp people fairly recently when we gave a uh, special private session with them we talked about really the need to review what what went right this year and what's not right yet and really get to work on the stuff that's not right yet so Good timing to come to our listeners. Okay, so um, John, when we talk about have a review of what not work, what does that look like? What do you do? Do you sit down and you look at your group certificate and say, oh, that was a disaster? Like, or do you, do, you, do, you, do you sit down and look at some photos of you on your phone and say, well, I've put on 15 kilos? What, what, well, what, what, no, what's no, a review look, look there like? There are all, all range of different triggers. And, and you know, your GCI or your group certificate, if you will, is one of them because that's really the ultimate scoreboard for how well you did financially this year. And, you know, in a business context, that's very relevant. So if you have a look at it and you say, okay, well, I did 200 GCI or 400 GCI or 2 million, they're all going to tell a different story, especially when you compare it with prior years and you say, well, am I growing or am I not? So I think that's a really easy one. But I like to double-click and drill underneath that, Tom, because there's a whole range of other numbers that really all accumulate or head towards your GCI, which are things like number of auctions, your clearance rate, days on market, average fee, average sale price, there's a whole lot of other things that will tell a story as well. So I think that I would, I would definitely start there and have a look at that in a pure business context, Troy. I think that gives you a really good snapshot. But also, you know, what were your goals? Hopefully you had some at the beginning of the year and did you achieve them? If you didn't, what was your story? What were the reasons you gave yourself and others as to why you didn't achieve them? You know, are they still relevant? If they're relevant, what are you going to do next year to actually make sure you nail them this time rather than, rather than miss out on them? Um, you know, what is the quality of things that are actually far more important than business? And, you know, what's the quality of your health? What's the quality of your relationships, your friendships, your lifestyle? You know, rate them all out of 10. And you know, if you've got a 4 out of 10 health rating and a 5 out of 10 relationship rating, you've got some work to do because they're far more important than your GCI, to be quite frank. So, I, you know, I always like to take a, a holistic approach on it and work out what's important. But, you know, since we are at a business audience here talking about the world of real estate, I think, you know, let's, let's drill into what, what are the real estate things you need to get better at. And let's say your average um, sale price was $1 million, your average fee was one and a half. Well, if I were coaching you, I'd be saying, Tom, you know, we need to bump that fee up, man, because you're worth more than one and a half. Yeah, but, John, everyone else in my marketplace is one and a half. I'm saying that's a kind of irrelevant. If you're the best and you provide the best service and you deliver the best prices, you deserve to be more. And if you're growing your business, it's like anyone. Rolls-Royce doesn't discount. You know, Apple doesn't discount. We're staring here at Troy's Apple computer. Oh, you go in and try and speak to Apple about a discount. Mm. I remember I went in there, Troy, one day and I said, you know, I want to get all our firm iPads. You know, they were, the agents were going to pay for it, but I thought, we'll do a group deal. And I went in and I said, so if we ordered 350 iPads, you know, what was the deal you can get? And he put in 
the iPad price in his calculator times 350. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, well, that's how much it is. And I said, okay, thank you. Because <laughs> Apple just does a discount, you know. It's, it's really interesting. And I've spoken before about um, Ken Jacobs from, you know, who's now selling or well, sells $70 million properties, $50 million properties. He's one of the best on the planet, not just in the country. And he doesn't discount off his 2% base price. So... I think you've got to have a look at what are the indicators. And if you went into a doctor, they'd check your blood pressure, they'd check your pulse, they'd check your temperature, they'd check a whole range of things. So, you know, in the world of business, what are the equivalent to do that? And uh, I think it's really important. And the other thing is, you know, we do have a personal audit that we might be able to share, Tom, through your yeah, website. Yeah, we, we, will, we, will, we will put um, um, that on the uh, website, uh, Susan, um, the personal audit. Um, even your, uh, your gym, Tom, I think you've got, is it starting or is it So the, the gym closes in, um, Susan's actually here in about six days. And John, we take an intake in um, January. It's the same thing. We do yeah. January and uh, so, July, right? So that's a great exercise for people to go through, whether it's a physical gym first of January. We know yeah. a lot of people do that and we know a lot of people don't keep it up. But, you know, the real estate gym, no better way than people to get in there and say, okay, what do I need to shake up in my life, my business life? Because if you want to write a million dollars, you can. It's just a matter of how. If you want to write two million dollars, you can. It's just a matter of how. So, you know, it depends on what is your appetite, how hungry are you, how important is it, and what's your why? We talk a lot about talking about what, are your, what is your why. The reason that's key for me is at the end of the day, getting to the next level is going to have some level of discomfort. Mm. It always does. Next level in, every, in anything because it's change, it's new stuff, it's stretching you, all, which all I think are all great things. But in the short term, there is going to be some level of discomfort. And you know, you, you, the exit door lights are going to be flashing and you don't want to jump out the exit because you want to have a bigger reason to keep going and actually get to the end of the road. So, you know, I think it's really important. That's why I love things like, you know, MDA Boot Camp and your real estate gym and, and any listeners that, you know, should be in that, they need to so, jump into it. gang, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, realestategym.com.au closes um, in the next uh, week or so. And, John, what the gym's about, like I was thinking about it, we pretty much, it's, it's a bit like being a disc jockey where we curate information from everyone. Because I'm actually beginning to think... There's not one system that's going to get you there. Yeah. Um, there is like hundreds of different ways. And you would have seen this, John, with McGrath people, that one McGrath person does it one way, another McGrath person does it another way. They both go from A to B, um, but there is different ways to get to the end destination. Well, you know, I was looking through at some of our top people the other day, and they're all different, but they're all similar. You know, if you look at them, you know, Matt Steinway's different to Pete Chauncey and Pete Chauncey's different to James Tostevin and so on and so forth. But there's also, beneath that, you know, they're all hungry to grow. They all provide great service. They're all passionate, positive people. So there, there's definitely some clues as to what do you have to, who do you have to be and what do you have to do to become a great real estate agent. Two other traits of everyone you've mentioned there and our top performers, they've got a very disciplined approach and they consistently mm. do activities that are going to get them ahead. Yeah. Um, so whether it's Matt with his Monday morning startups, early morning surf, there's a discipline to him and a routine that's setting him free mm. to mm. achieve the goals that he wants. Mm. He's a big advocate of Instagram stories, and I know we've spoken about that recently. Um, 
Does he do those on Instagram? He does I haven't them seen all it. the time. So how do you, you go on a Matt Steinway Matt Steinway, Instagram? Matt click his profile and you'll see it. But okay. the one last night that I did see is it was quarter past eight and Matt and Jimmy um, that works, James yeah. who works with Matt, yeah, it guys. was quarter past eight and they were still in the office grinding it out. And well, I think that's a reflection of the personalities but the um, routine of allowing them to do better business. But also Matt, because we all know him very well, Matt also has a great life outside of real estate. Correct. He's yeah. got a beautiful family that he loves passionately and all these multitude of kids. He's got six kids, I think, and he surfs. I think it's not weekly. I think it's kind of almost daily. But he's, he's in the water. Oh yeah, he's in the. I'm just thinking about. It. He actually he came to um, he came to see me um, last Friday night. Drove drove in. He said, I want to catch up and just have a, a catch up with you. Drove there. Um, we went down and uh, I always forget whether it's five or six kids. And I'm and I and and, and I and I need to know. But it's, is it six or five? I think it's six. Oh, I was six. going to go five. No, right. Six. six. <laughs> I think it's six. It's a tremendous effort. <laughs> so, 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 guys, can I? I want to go on to a topic that is hot at the moment in my gym members, and that is that in certain parts of the market, they're saying that there's less buyers. They're saying that the heat out of one metaphor that was used is it's time. It's like there's a balloon that had hot air, the balloon is still up there in the sky, but the hot air is not there in the balloon, and the balloon's sort of waving around, it's there, but um, vendors aren't getting the prices that maybe they were getting four weeks ago in certain properties. There seems to be in some markets a transition marketplace, and on the other hand, you're still seeing some properties sell for 700,000 over reserve. Troy, I know you auction, um, you did one during the week where you sold for four million one hundred thirty thousand. One hundred three, but yeah, four million one hundred three. Yeah, and I said to John, you couldn't you couldn't get it up a bit. Couldn't round it up. <laughs> no, right, it's got it anyway, thousand dollars. That's another topic. <laughs> uh, um, so, so John, what are you seeing? What 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 are your agents? So saying? it depends on the market, and you know, like like many of the brands that are represented, listening to us here, you know, we cover a whole range of different markets, and I think. Yeah, if we look at Sydney, Melbourne metro markets, because they've been the hottest markets, you know, for a long time now, for several years, I think we're seeing um, less of what I call the sting in the market, where the, these kind of results that were going for 20% above reserve price for prices that just could never be predicted. I think we're going to see less of them going forward because I think people are less anxious and they're starting to feel that a little bit of the steam is coming out of the market, which is a very healthy thing, by the way. If you're in the world of real estate listening to this, which almost everyone is, Believe me, having a market that's coming to a soft landing and taking a breather is a healthy thing. What do you, why do you say that, John? Because if the market kept going, we've seen you know, somewhere between 60 and 100% growth in most markets in, say, Sydney and Melbourne anyway, and even a lot of the regional markets we've seen 40 50% growth. There comes a point where the growth is no longer sustainable, where it's just got to kind of come back a little bit. And I think you know, with Sydney and Melbourne, we have reached that saturation point where... The market had run its, run its cycle, it had had prolific growth, but it was now time to take a breather. And if it had kept going, which we, look, I, I don't think it will keep going at the same rate. I think there'll be some, still some great selling results you know, upcoming. I, I certainly don't think all the steam's out of the market, but I think we've lost a little bit of that momentum. And I think that's a really good thing because you, know, you want it to be like that because otherwise it just becomes unsustainable and the other end of that's a cliff that we all fall off. I don't want to fall off a cliff. I'd rather this come to a sort of a soft landing. So if, if, if I'm a vendor, three doors down from the house that sold eight weeks ago, 
for 10, 15% over that you've made reference to, and I'm on the market now, mm. and I'm not getting that crazy, crazy money, which is, um, a lot of vendors are gonna be in that situation. They're gonna be saying to their agent, but you know what, number 103 mm -hmm. Bridge Street went for that much. Yeah. What can agents be doing in a transitioning marketplace if they're in one? It's a good question. I think a few things. Firstly is agents have to know the market more intimately than ever. You could kind of get close before and the market would probably cover your sins or any, any errors you made in valuing a property by the time it went to auction, or you, you'd probably cover that. So I think now the market will be less forgiving on people that overvalue property. So I think it's important that the agents do that. The other thing is you have to have a direct conversation with a client, but not a negative one. I mean, I would just say, you know, Tom, you know, it was really interesting. There was a, a period not so long ago where there were some prices that we would call prolific. We're not seeing as much of that anymore. Of course, with your property, it's our intention to maximise price and we'll increase competition and we'll get people excited about your home. And whatever is the best outcome, I can assure you we'll get. But right now, we're not seeing in the market the same um, type of results as, as were available a couple of months ago. But we think that's a good thing because when you go to buy, it's going to be the same situation. It's a more predictable market. And I do think from an agent's perspective, this is a better market, albeit the transition is always a fraction uncomfortable because you're right, the neighbour sold for a million and fifty and your bids are coming in at 980. It kind of doesn't feel right for me. Doesn't real estate keep going up forever? Well, the market fluctuates and no, the answer is it doesn't keep going up forever. There are periods where it pulls back and corrects and adjusts and goes flat and that's just the market. Um, so I think that's really key. The, the next thing is you, you've got to have that conversation with the vendor and, and just be very honest with them and say to them, look, I will get the best possible outcome. At this point, we don't know what that is. We do know what the neighbours sold for, and that was 200000 above reserve, and that was a prolific result. Um, there have been some indications that you know those sort of results are, are not forthcoming at the moment. So I, I think you've just got to be honest with your clients. Um, John, I've noticed a, a couple of... Um Agents have lately, in the last three weeks, uh, been ringing me up at five o'clock on a Saturday and getting off me as an auctioneer. That is asking me what did it, what did that property sell for? Mm -hmm. What was the highest bid? And then I interviewed for the real estate gym, Sean Stoker and Erkin Urson from mm -hmm. Ray White mm -hmm. at um, Erskineville. Very, yeah. Very good agents. Very good Great agents. Like you know, one writes one and a half, the other one writes one eight. I think. And they said that what they do on a Saturday afternoon is prepare a document where they get everyone's results that have happened in live time, which was what the first bid was, what the vendor bid was, what the property sold for around their marketplace, because they know the importance of getting live feedback because a lot of clients are using comparables from six weeks ago, mm -hmm. and what they're doing is providing a summary to their vendors and potential vendors on what's going on with other agents' properties. So they're, they're providing high-level education at a really micro level mm. to, to vendors. So I, yeah. think, I think you need to be doing that right now, because you can't be sitting on RP data saying that sold there in March. Correct. Yeah. yeah, similar to that, I'm seeing a lot of um, successful agents go through uh, buyer work 
really focusing on their buyers and knowing them and knowing what their level is and having crucial conversations throughout the campaign around their buyers. Uh, they're not just hoping that there's going to be four or five that turn up to the auction. Mm. Um, in the same way that they were doing six, 12 months mm. ago with buyers that were just turning up and paying big numbers, they were really focused on what's their range, what's their budget, what else can I do to get them into the property or secure a sale? I, I think it's great old-fashioned selling again. Yeah. You know, the, old, the, the, the days of turning up and opening the door and turning up to the auction and there's, you know, a street full of people and you didn't have to try that hard, which a lot of people have just been through. Not everyone, but a lot of people. I think you've got to work hard, harder now to replicate a similar result and I think that's fine. I think that's actually very, very healthy. It was probably unhealthy when you're able to kind of get 200000 above reserve even by doing an average job. And, and a lot of our top agents, and you know, we've got one in the room here, Mike, who we've just interviewed recently, they're saying to me they love this market. Because this is where it shakes out, you know, the, what they say, the wheat from the chaff, what's the saying? Uh, where the best people really, you know, they, they rise to the surface. Well, Gary, Gary, Gary V said it separates the A players from the B players. Correct. And I think that's going to happen now. And, and there might even be a bit of a shakeout in the industry. Um, because there are, there's no doubt there's some agents that have joined in the last four or five years and market in Sydney or Melbourne where this is all I've ever known. And they thought, well, how easy is this game called real estate? This is fantastic. How many, John, how many transition markets have you reckon, you know, if you look at your real estate career, you've seen markets oh, like this? Four, four, four? or five, yeah. But every, usually every decade there's kind of a market that, you know, hits its peak and then comes back a bit. And I've been in it 35 years, so I've seen plenty of these. And no need to panic. Just you're, get you're out You're actually saying it's, it's, it's a good thing. You're oh, it's a very good thing for where we are, where we were, because continued growth would have been incredibly unhealthy. We were definitely on the border, I believe, of you know, having a market that was totally unsustainable and was heading for a cliff. Uh, and I think we're fine. Now, having said that, there's a lot of other markets, and you know, we work in southeast Queensland, we work in Queensland in general, we work in Victoria and uh, outside of Melbourne as well, and there's a lot of other markets that haven't enjoyed that same growth. I think for those markets, they're probably going to have still quite a few good years of growth because... You know, I look at the, the value gap between, for example, Sydney and Brisbane. It's too, too high. Yeah. I mean, the, the Brisbane lifestyle and opportunity and investment proposition and a whole range of things is, is really fantastic. And yet the prices are, in many instances, half of Sydney for comparable properties. So, you know, I do think there's going to be different. But the market's the market. As an agent, when you're sitting in front of a vendor, all you need to know is what, what are the relevant transactions. And if a transaction is four or five months old, it may no longer be relevant. I'd rather find them what happened last weekend, what happened the last few weeks, and use those as examples. And work hard, you know, old-fashioned. Get people in your car, take them to properties, qualify them, work harder with buyers, better conversations. Well, I've got to say that Nick Heaton, who was one of the speakers yeah. at Eric, great, great yet, um, yesterday I had one of his... I'm on their database, yep. and yesterday I had one of his uh, team members um, ring me up and... Um, I noticed I'd got a call and email and call over a, 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 a one-week period and we eventually connected and there's a property in uh, Little Oxford Street, Darlinghurst, mm-hmm. and he said to me, um, Tom, I, I'm really calling you about this because I can tell you that um, the level of interest that the vendors got and um, is extremely attractive for the buyers that we have. Um, and I just got, I mean, I can't remember his name. It wasn't Nick himself. It was someone in his team. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, um, how's things? He says, well, put it this way. He goes, Tom, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that every buyer knows 
that I've got a very motivated vendor and um, I'm calling you because I think that you should pursue this and have a look at it, you know. But what, what I'm getting at That's is... That's a good phone call, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Great phone call. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's not relying on an accident person being on real.com, realestate.com.au finding it. He's being proactive yeah. and actually doing stuff that's within his control. And that is all he's doing. I'm sure that I'm one of hundreds that have probably received a phone call. But that's what great agents are doing now. Yep. They're actually deal makers. They're not order takers. Yeah, you know? yeah, 100%. No, it's good. So, And we'll, we'll keep monitoring during the year. But my view is for great agents, they're not that perturbed or interested by what the market's doing. It's what are they doing inside the market. So um, good time. So you know, get, get to the real estate gym so they can still book in realestategym.com.au it's about two coffees a week that's the cost $10 that's right Susan isn't it thereabouts um, can we just send you in two coffees is that yeah. is that possible soy flat white extra hot <laughs> one equal but John McGrath one for you one for Susan have, John McGrath says never have equal he says no, have honey or stevia you've got you, you're <laughs> totally against equal aren't you well, John well look read the packet dude it's terrible stuff you've just been told terrible stuff <laughs> Susan but having said that I have sugar which is a little bit better, but not that much better. Susan, can you please get him on the sugar? Can you, Susan, can we maybe, let's read the packet. <laughs> let's read the packet. Let's see what the packet's got to say first. Troy, John, it's been fantastic having you. you. I look forward to talking to you next week. Happy New Year. Bye, guys.